Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ascending Life Podcast. I'm Josh Blevins. I am the pastor of Grace Calvary Chapel here in St. Joseph, Missouri, and I'm so glad you guys took the time to just join me on this uh, on this day. I know you've got a lot going on, a lot to do, but I hope that this will be an encouragement to you and just help open up God's Word uh, that much more to you in, in your life and what you're pursuing with the Lord. And so we're glad that you're here. Um, again, if you are just encouraged by this, you're blessed by it, uh, feel free to share it with a friend or subscribe to the podcast. We're going to put out some episodes uh, regularly that might uh, be just a tool that you can use in your relationship and in your growth with the Lord. Well, today um, we are on another episode of what I'm just calling You Asked. And I started this process a little while back as a morning devotion for our church, um, actually, just uh, on Facebook, just trying to answer some questions that I'd been getting about culture and about things going on in our world, and just general questions about the Bible uh, that people were interested in. And it started to turn into just something that more people got interested in, and I got more emails. And so we've been getting a ton of topics. And today's topic is, um, I think, a very vital one for every New Testament Jesus follower to understand. Um, it's a topic that I think other people go to one of two extremes upon, which I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But first, to introduce my guest today, uh, we're going to have a great discussion around this topic. Uh, Lucas Patton is a good friend, and he is one of the pastors at Crossroads Church. He pastors the South Campus. I had the privilege of working with Lucas um, a while back when I was there at Crossroads and have just come to really admire, respect, and appreciate his ministry, his thoughtfulness and thoroughness and faithfulness to the Word of God and his teaching. And I saw that he recently did a, a series on this specific topic, so I thought it'd be great to have him on. Uh, Lucas, thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah, Josh, thank you so much for having me on. Honestly, it's it's a privilege to get to be here and chat with you. And, and like you mentioned, uh, Sabbath topic is something that's heavy on my heart, yeah. something we just got done diving into. So I'm excited for the discussion today. Yeah, and that's awesome. And as Lucas just mentioned it, you heard the word. The question is regarding the Sabbath. And I got this question from actually a couple people. And it is a legitimate question, which Lucas really surrounds uh, the, the, the nature of the question came in the form of saying, Hey, uh, of all the Ten Commandments, uh, we have, you know, we, 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 we adhere to don't murder and don't steal and don't covet and don't commit adultery and all these commandments. And then we have this one commandment that a lot of New, New Testament or current day, modern day Christians, Jesus followers, they don't really understand. And that is honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. And I think it's a legitimate question for people to kind of be confused around that subject of, well, what does it mean to do that? Does it still matter to God? And, right. and what does it mean for the Christian? Uh, because I think what I've seen is the church will go uh, one of two directions on this. Either they'll swing to the side of the fence that says we have to take a real legalistic <laughs> approach, a real Old Testament approach to the Sabbath. And it becomes um, what Jesus, I think, in, didn't intend it to be, even what he rebuked the Pharisees about, them making it more than what God made it. And then the other side is that it just becomes this uh, this topic that's just avoided. And it's, it, oh, it's no big deal. It doesn't really matter. It's not relevant nor important to us, which I think is also false. So right. today's discussion surrounds, well, what does it mean for 
the believer, the believer. And you just finished, I think you said like a three week series on this, which yeah. made me think of, you know, inviting you. I saw some quotes you had that were right on target that I'd like to bring up here in a little bit. But uh, the first thing I want to do is try to address this maybe in three sections. The first part being what about the Sabbath uh, matters so much to God. We, we read in the Old Testament in Genesis where he created all things and on the seventh day he rested in Exodus, I believe it's 16, he, he implements this for the people that he's chosen, Israel, and says this matters to keep the Sabbath, to refrain from your work, for God rested. Uh, and, and as we look at that concept, what do you grasp around the, the idea that God implemented this day of rest, this, 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 this practice for his chosen people, and why did it matter so much to him? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think it's the first question you have to ask when coming to Sabbath, because this wasn't just something God told his people to do. This is something all the way back from the beginning, like you mentioned, he led by example in this. And so this is more than a rest that we need because our bodies are weary, which is true. But God, who we read in in Psalms, neither sleeps nor slumbers, Mm. took a day to rest. And so he's He's leading by example in something. He's demonstrating something that he was going to call his people to later. And in fact, even in Exodus, when he calls them to it, he points back to his example of himself resting on that seventh day of creation. And so there's an immediate, obvious um, help that comes from it, a benefit for these people who he's just brought out of Egypt, right? Where there was no rest, where there was 430 years of slavery. And now he's calling them to a different way of life. Now that they are his people called out of that land, leading them to the promised land. And he says, your way of life is going to be different. You're going to have a day to rest. And why can they rest now? Because God has delivered them from their slavery. And so there's, there's an immediate rest. They experience an opportunity to be still before God, to enjoy his creation, to delight as God did on the seventh day. But Ultimately, we see the significance here is more than just in that moment, but it points to something that was to be fulfilled in the Messiah, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And what I love about the Bible, and I think we could agree on this, is that from the beginning of the Bible to the end, um, there's a thread that is Mm -hmm. undeniably divine, right? That, That pulls the beginning of creation to the very, to the new creation at the end, and it pulls it all together. And it's the same with, with, I think, the Sabbath principle, where mm-hmm. um, the, way I, the way I saw it in, in asking myself the question, you know, like you said, God neither slumbers nor sleep. Um, it's not like he labored in creating the, the universe and, and everything was, was, was very good. And then he was exhausted and he's like, I just need to take a break. Right, um, right. So what was this concept? And I really think that on that seventh day was the, the, the culmination of everything perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. everything was good. Everything was very good. Man was in right relationship with God. Creation was in right relationship with man. Everything was as it should be. And I think God almost wanted to put a timestamp on that seventh day saying, this is what I intended it to be. Right. And, and so when, when sin enters the world and everyone gets messed up, and then all of a sudden, like the sweat of the brow and the labor and the, the tilling of the ground and, and pain and child labor and, and, and all this travail takes place. And God then says, this is why I created this, because I want to, 
I want to leave a small invitation open for, for my people to be able to enter into my rest. I yeah. want them to have a day that reminds them of what I actually intended everything to be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want them to, I want to have a day where they sit and they stop and, and they get away from all the travail and all the, all the effects of sin. And they say, you know, this is what God intended things to be for me to, to take a break from my dependence on myself and to trust him and to rest in his work and to, uh, and to enjoy his, his presence, like you were mentioning. And, and then of course that threads into, into, into Christ ultimately. But would you, what do you think about that concept? Would you agree with that idea that Jesus, that God was trying to like leave this remnant, this, this open door for his people to understand what he intended from the beginning? Absolutely. And I, I love that you share that idea of it being a thread because you see it even in the wilderness that he's still coming and meeting with his people. His presence is, is dwelling with them within the tent. And there's all this symbolism there that's pointing back to what it was and what it one day will be. And, you know, there's a beautiful um, symbolism within Sabbath for them and for us today, which we'll get to in a little bit, Yeah, where there's a looking back and then there's a looking ahead. Right. He calls them to look back at his resting on the seventh day when it was perfect, but also a a looking ahead to the Messiah that will come. And there's there's this looking back we do as well to creation, to the Sabbath they had, to Jesus fulfilling that, but also that ultimate fulfillment of the rest that we will experience one day in the new creation with the Lord without sin. Yeah, and and people say that this book isn't inspired. I (laughs) I sometimes I look at these things and I'm just like blown away at like who else could who else could author such right. a such a work that that everything fits so intricately and perfectly together but that's a whole nother topic for another day <laughs> um so I've always seen the Sabbath I, I've liked to look at it in three you know I'm, I'm a preacher so here are my three Ps there you go. that Sabbath uh, was a picture Sabbath is a person and it's also a principle. So we yeah. kind of we kind of looked at this picture that God gave his chosen people this day of Sabbath to celebrate. All right, Jesus said um uh man was not made for the Sabbath, Sabbath was made for man. It it was made to be a blessing to to people to remember the intended purposes of God in rest. And it's that it's that picture mm-hmm. um of God's of God's perfect creation. And then I also think that that um that Sabbath is a person. And that brings us to this next, next question for, for our modern day context. And that is, does the Sabbath still matter to God? And if so, what does it look like for the, the, the chosen of God, the believer to how, what does it look like for us to fulfill that? Because I I've heard people say, well, Sabbath just doesn't matter anymore to God. And they say, well, Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. So, so Sabbath doesn't really matter um, but then we come back to that, I think that dilemma of the Ten Commandments and, you know, we, we follow all these other Ten Commandments. Is it so much that it doesn't matter to God or it, it matters just as much to God, but the, but the fulfillment of it or the practice of it looks differently for us today than it did back then? What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I would agree with the latter, as I know that you would as well. Um, there's other things in scripture we could, we could compare this to as well. For example, sacrifice, right? We, we see the animal sacrifice in the Old Testament. We recognize that Jesus came and he was the sacrifice for our sins, that he fulfilled that payment with his blood. 
And yet there's still a sacrifice God calls us to today, right? In Romans 12, we present our bodies wow. as the living sacrifice. So, so it, the practice of it looks different, but the importance of it is just the same. And wow. so Sabbath today, absolutely. It looks different because of that fulfillment in Jesus, because of that, that symbol that now we look back to and see as Jesus being our rest, that I don't have to work for my salvation. I can rest in the finished work of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That just as he delivered the children of Israel through Moses, that Jesus now has delivered us from the, the yoke, from the weight of our sin, so that we can come to him and find this rest. And so it, it looks different in practice, but I would agree with you. The importance of it is still very much there for us today. Yeah, and I, I, think, that, uh, I think that's an important thing for believers to consider is that the Sabbath is still... Uh, just as important to God as it ever was. And, and let's talk just a moment about the severity of that, because yeah. um, those in the old, under the old covenant and, and Hebrews really alludes to this. We can look at that in a moment, but mm -hmm. those under the old covenant, you know, if they rejected the law of Moses, right, the Bible right. says that they, they died without mercy, you mm -hmm. know, of which, of what worse punishment will those will, will, will it be for those who, who reject the blood of the new covenant, right? This, this, this sacrifice right. of Jesus and this picture being is that when 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 Israel broke the Sabbath and they they did it repeatedly i mean they built mm -hmm. up judgment on themselves like mm -hmm. god god put them in captivity he judged them because of their neglect of his rest and yeah. of course the the importance of that hebrews chapter 4 teaches us is that there is you know the author makes this correlation that those Old Testament saints, even though they maybe practiced the Sabbath principle, they never ultimately entered into the rest of the Lord because mm -hmm. of their unbelief, because of their lack of faith. And so yeah. he, he makes the argument, there is still a Sabbath, a Shabbat. Mm -hmm. There's still a rest for the, for the people of God to enter into by faith. Yeah. But now it's, this, it's not this day that's stamped out. It's, it's the fulfillment of the law of this person, Jesus Christ, who doesn't just provide a temporary rest, but he provides an eternal rest. And mm -hmm. he provides that, that ultimate promised land, that ultimate rest where we cease from our works to try to earn our salvation or impress God. And we cease from all oh. our spiritual works and we rest in his finished work on the cross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so when, what do you think when people are, are get, they start to get bound up in this legalism of like, the Sabbath day, it's all about the day. It's all about, you know, this. And then they have to start making human rules to, you know, well, you can't do that and you can do that. And this is the same thing the Pharisees did that we that we mentioned that Jesus just hated. Um, why is it not about the day so much as it is about the person? Right. I mean, I think we, we look at the gospel and we see Jesus come on the scene, right? And we see him interacting with Sabbath in a way that is peculiar to us because we're thinking that if this is what God has established from the beginning, why is he seeming so anti-Sabbath when he walks on the earth? But he's come to a place where the Pharisees, as you mentioned, have, have made it much more of a duty than a delight, mm. that much more of, of a rule we must follow than it is about this, this rest we experience in God. And so all of a sudden, the, the image, the symbol that it was meant to point to in this Messiah that would come was lost and actually was creating a greater work. It was creating the exact opposite of what it was meant to do. And you've got these Pharisees that are now drawing the attention once again on us, 
on our work, on our completion of the law, and not on the finished work and the need for this Savior who would come and bring the ultimate rest. Wow. Wow, that's that's huge. And uh, the, the scripture that pops into my mind from um, Matthew chapter 11 is where Jesus makes that that statement, right? Come to me, right. all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, mm-hmm. when, when, when we hear that, we think one thing, but would you agree with me that when, when the Jewish audience heard the right. word rest, automatically in their mind, it was Sabbath, right? It was, yeah. it was, we know what that word implies and what that word means. So what, I mean, what, what's going through their minds when they hear Jesus say, Come, come everyone to me who's tired and who's working and who's heavy laden, and I will be your Sabbath. I mean, is that like mind-blowing right. to that to that cultural paradigm? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, this is why the Pharisees had such a difficult time when Jesus is saying that he's Lord of the Sabbath, right? That all of a sudden he's he's declaring himself to be the Messiah that they were looking to, the one wow. that they were waiting for, the one that every Sabbath they would be reminded of this Messiah that's coming this rest that will be ours. And now it's here, it's arrived. And, um, you know, there were a lot of battles they had with Jesus over this, the Pharisees. And, and he had to remind them that, that Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath, that this is a, a gift God has given to us and has an importance in pointing us to Jesus and drawing us into his presence. The Pharisees had lost that picture. They'd lost the symbol mm. of what it was to point to. Yeah. Yeah. And a- another thought comes to mind. Tell, tell me what you think about this. Cause Hebrews always find, I, I find this very interesting. Mm-hmm. Hebrews makes it clear that Jesus is our ultimate rest. He is yeah. our ultimate Sabbath. We enter into his rest by faith mm-hmm. um, and not our works. And then he says, and then he says, but labor diligently to enter into his rest. And yeah. so it's almost like God saying, there's in Christ, everything's complete, but the only job you have is to enter in. Like that's the work you have to do is to enter into the rest, not working for our salvation, right? but working to uh, come into the rest of God. Um, I, I think this is a good place for a good Hudson Taylor quote. Yeah, I read this the other day where he said, bear not a single care thyself. One is too much for thee. Mm. The work is mine and mine alone. Your work is to rest in me. What, what does it mean when, when, when Paul wow. or the author there says, I labor to enter into the rest? It almost seems like a contradiction of terms. Yeah. And you know what? It reminds me of when Jesus invited them back in Matthew 11 to enter rest. He says, come to me. Right. And then he tells him to take something. He doesn't say, take your pillow and your blanket and just (laughs) sleep with me. Right. Like take a rest here with me. He, he tells him to take his yoke. And you know, there, there are two word pictures there that we could run to, right? There was the yoke of oxen, which is a, a farming tool. It's, it's a tool for labor. And the thought is, you're, you're inviting me to rest. Why are you asking me to work? And then the other idea of a yoke is that a rabbi had his yoke, his, his interpretation of the law and how they were to follow it, that his disciples would learn from him and follow in his footsteps. And he's saying, come to me, all of you people who desire to rest. You're weary, you're heavy laden because 
You've been taking on the yoke of the Pharisees. You've been taking on a yoke that you're not intended to fulfill, that you can't keep. Yeah. That just brings you to that place of being weary and heavy laden. Mm-hmm. And then he says, come to me and take on my yoke mm-hmm. because it's easy. My work is simple because I've completed it. You just get to enjoy it. Yeah. And so we take on this easy yoke that says it's by grace through faith. It's not of your works. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do it and you don't have to. Jesus finished that work. And so it's this, it is, it feels like a contradiction. For him yeah. to say, come work with me and rest. <laughs> yeah. And yet I think in our busy world, we would agree that actually to find that rest, to really embrace that finished work, um, it does feel like a job at times. It does feel like it's difficult yeah. because we have in us this desire to earn it, to work yeah. for it, yeah. and not just to receive it. Yeah. And I think that is a perfect introduction into this final segment where, um, you know, to work, to rest I think that there would you would you agree with me like a lot of people are exhausted today like a lot of Christians oh, are yeah. flat out uh ironed out I mean just at the end of their rope mm-hmm. um I think part of that is a is a cultural uh demand for our time and energy to be invested in so many different things and and when Jesus says um and Paul says you know labor to enter in that rest it's not like we don't labor to do all the other stuff. Right. It's, it's, it's this idea that if you labor in all the wrong things, you're going to be exhausted. Mm-hmm. But if you labor in all of the right things, you're going to be rejuvenated and strengthened and empowered because uh, it, it's almost that idea that, that um, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Yeah. Well, that, that word in Hebrew and in, in, in in waiting on the Lord is not this passive waiting. Like I'm just sitting here for nothing. It's an active right. movement towards God. It's an active pursuit of God. It's an active movement towards the things that he's calling us to be obedient in. And mm-hmm. yet when we're for lack of better terms, sort of exhausting ourselves in, in being obedient to God and pursuing him, all of a sudden there's this, there's this rejuvenation and rest that takes place that if we if we're doing if we're investing ourselves in the wrong areas, it's just pulling out of us, right? There's nothing that's pouring life into us. Yeah. And so this third idea is, you know, there's there's the picture of the Old Testament, there's the person of Jesus. But would you agree that there's also in the Sabbath day being set apart for man who lives in a sinful fallen world, there's mm-hmm. a principle here that we have lost completely in regards yeah. to uh, learning how to rest and rejuvenate and re- refocus our eyes on Jesus and mm-hmm. and trust him rather than work, work, work till we have nothing left and we are just useless in the hands of God. Absolutely. You know, um, we live in a world where busy is seen as important, right? Then the number one statement people make, you ask them, how are you doing? And they say, good, I'm busy, <laughs> then I'm doing good because we believe the lie that that busy is important. And so I don't want to admit if I'm bored. I don't want to admit if I don't have a lot going on. I need to sound busy. Um, But, you know, we never read about Jesus being caught up in the busyness of the culture around him. And if anybody had the most important job, Jesus coming to save the world of their sin (laughs) was at the top of the list. And yet, even in the midst of so many people clawing for more of his time and more of his attention, we don't read of him being too busy for the people. And so, um, you know, we have to recognize that there is a possibility, even in the busyness of our culture, 
to have a pace that's in step with Jesus, right? I like to call it that, that holy rhythm or the sacred rhythm that he's established where we can enjoy that rest, where we can have practices throughout our week, where yeah. we do say no to things and we don't have to always produce because I'm, I believe that the world doesn't revolve around me. It, it revolves around Jesus and he can fill in the gap when I'm not working. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, I have to say this because I just, being a musician, like this quote that you, that you said in, in one of your sermons, just nailed, just, just really put it together for me. You said, rhythm is only rhythm if there's rest. And uh, if there's no rest, it's just noise. And all of a sudden I, I thought of like this music on a piano or music being played by an orchestra that didn't have its necessary breaks and it's necessary places that caused it to be discernible where it would just sound like a bunch of noise, you know, same instruments, but just a bunch of noise. And I thought, man, I don't want my life. I don't want my life to end up sort of a train wreck because mm-hmm. I refused to trust God um, that he could accomplish more than I could with, with me yeah. giving him that time to, to refocus and to rejuvenate in him. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I love this, this quote I once read from Dallas Willard. Yeah. He suggested that hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual life in our day yeah. and that we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our life. And I think that's a, uh, an important word for the people of our culture today. Um, I, would, I would encourage you, people listening, audience, to, at, to do an assessment and ask yourself, what are the things in my life that are completely draining me of all my spiritual, emotional, and physical energy? And mm-hmm. um, I think I think that there are mental things. I think there's physical pursuits. I think there are even hobbies. I think work. I think right, there's all of these different categories of life. And it's good for us to take an assessment of if I am constantly emotionally, physically exhausted and feeling distant from the from the re- from the strengthening presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, what are those things? And Lucas, what, what would you suggest to people who yeah. are saying, you know, I, I need this concept of Sabbath rest in my life mm-hmm. um, for my own health, my own sanity, my own relationship with God, but I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to reorder my priorities. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. spinning out of control and I don't mm-hmm. know how to say no to things. I don't know how to, how to take things that seem like they're so needful and so important and put them on the shelf for the more important things. I think of Mary and Martha, right? Martha yeah. freaking out about working and about all the stuff that has to be done. Mary sitting at Jesus's feet and Jesus defending her position mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. this is the better thing. I mean, practically what, what's the answer here? Yeah, well, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, I love that quote by Dallas Willard because it's true. You can't you can't do any of the things God's calling you to do well in a hurry, right? We're talking about <laughs> delighting, right? You can't delight in a rush. You can't you can't rest on the run. You know, you, you need to stop, right? Shabbat means to cease from your work and to rest in the Lord. And we could even go to 1 Corinthians 13. I think every person wants their life to be known as one that was filled with love, right? I mean, he starts it by talking about if your life doesn't have love, what is it? It's a clanging symbol. It's noise. Hmm. And the first description we get of love is that love is patient. Wow. You know, right away, it starts with this idea of you've got to slow down. You've got to be willing to wait on the Lord. It's not in his full paced run. We, We compare our 
our run with Christ, this race of faith as a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if you don't pace yourself, you're going to burn yourself out. Mm-hmm. In fact, even, even John Mark Comer in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, talks about how Sabbath comes for all of us, either in the form of delight or discipline. Hmm. And we live in a culture where I think so many are experiencing Sabbath as a form of discipline because they've pushed themselves so hard for so long at a pace they were never meant to run at, that they're now getting burnt out. They're now, they're now facing the, uh, the effects of going against the pace and the rhythm God has established for us to live in. Yeah. And so practically, I think we can all look at our lives and say, yeah, I would benefit from more rest. Yeah. Man, I need that in my life. What does that look like? Hmm. And I think it looks very different for everybody. Sure. Um, the, the mom at home with a couple kids isn't going to, to take a Sabbath in the same way that maybe a retired couple could just sit at home and read through some scripture and pray, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If you've got toddlers at home, that doesn't feel very practical or realistic. But I think even having these quiet times with the Lord um, in the morning, in our, in our time of reading, yeah. while the kids are maybe napping, getting to go for a little bit of a prayer walk or meditate upon some scripture, even a, a short time of worship, but taking those pockets of our day and not immediately filling them with the noise, with entertainment, with so many other things that, that the culture tries to distract you with. Yeah. But to take those little moments throughout your day to say, how am I delighting in the Lord yeah. today? You know, how am I resting in his finished work today? What does this look like mm. today in my life? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so key. That's so important. Uh, I, I think that a lot of times, and I think this is a distinction that needs to be made. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly even where you might stand on it, but yeah. would you say that, that uh, there also needs to be a st- distinction made between, um, uh, how would I say it? Like laziness and rest or, or this idea that anytime, um, anytime things start to get t- uh, hard or pressure starts to, you know, our tendency is I just need a break. I just need a vacation, you know? I don't, right. I don't think Sabbath, um, is necessarily the same as, you know, just a vacation or, right. or just this excuse that we use to like, get out of doing something we don't want to do or, Absolutely. you know, or working hard at something we need to work hard at. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's more of this idea, um, that Jesus, uh, went alone by himself yeah. to pray, mm-hmm. comes back and the disciples are demanding we need, these people are waiting for you. We got to do ministry. We, we got to get to work. Yeah. And Jesus says, no, we're going to such and such a place for this reason. I have been called. And it's almost like he, he, he knew from time spent with the father exactly what the plan was. And he wasn't um, pressured or exhausted by the demands of the things around him. And, yeah. and so when I think of Sabbath practic- practically, I, I think of, mm-hmm. You know, those times that I spend alone with God is not a waste of time. It's actually a time where I'm gaining vision for my life. Mm -hmm. I'm gaining clarity about what matters to him and what's important to him. What can I say yes to? What can I say no to? Um, And when I'm taking time to, to refocus, it's, it's that, it's that time where things come back into alignment for me, you know, whether it's uh, like you said, um, a little time of worship where I where I stop everything else and and let it sink in, or even when it is taking that day um, where I can invest in my family's 
a time, you know, discussing some scripture or even spending 10 minutes in prayer. Sometimes it's the little things that help refocus us. That's so good. And I, and, you know, I love that um, just as Sabbath was this symbol that separated God's people in the old Testament, right? That they were going to be consecrated to the Lord. They were going to be his people and they were going to be different than the rest of the world. Just as much today in a culture that says, do more, produce more, go faster, go harder, work longer. Imagine when the people of God are stepping aside and saying, I don't need to do that. I don't need to run at that pace. Mm. I'm not trying to make a name for myself. I can take a day, an hour, whatever it looks like for different people, but to say, I can rest because I'm living for a kingdom that is to come. I'm living for the life that is after this. Yeah. And I trust that my, my God is completing that work. He's finishing the work. Yeah. But there is that balance. I love that you bring the fact Sabbath isn't an excuse to not work. (laughs) God's called us to a kingdom work. Yeah. And there's, there's souls to be saved. There's a great commission to, to go out there and make disciples. So this isn't an excuse for laziness. I think this is much more an opportunity to find rest and be, and be restored in the Lord and, and have our souls refreshed, but also so that we could continue to go out and be about his business. Yeah. Would you agree? There's that balance in there. It's that's it, man. I'm, I'm right there. I remember, uh, when I, when I was pastoring actually at, at crossroads, there was a season where, um, I was like, I was like depleting myself. My, Mm. my energy was gone. My body was starting to react to, um, the stress. And I remember going away, uh, on my, on my own for, for a day, uh, actually an overnight and mm-hmm. coming back and I, I wasn't, I'm not sure if this is when you were, when you were there or not yet, but I remember coming back with a sense, um, that I went away saying, Lord, I need to know what you want me to do and what you want me not to do, because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just saying yes to everything. I'm yeah. taking on all the responsibilities because it's a need and it's a demand. And I, I want this thing to work. I want it to succeed. So I got to build this and I got to do this and I got to invest here and invest there. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming back from that, um, alone time with God where I just rested in him and I sought his face, um, with three main priorities that he sort of ordered for me that he wanted me to invest in and yeah. other things he wanted me to say no to or delegate. And I remember how freeing that was just mm-hmm. to have a clear sense of, of what God wanted me to do and how much rest I found in that. Um, yeah. But, but, uh, that's a great, that's a, that's a great discussion. Um, I, I want to end with this quote from Corey Tin Boom. I, I loved it. Um, she said, look within and be depressed, look without and be distressed, but look to Jesus and be at rest. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Oh, awesome. Well, Lucas, I really appreciate your time, man. And your your insights and thoughtfulness. I think this has been a great discussion and I hope it's incredibly helpful for those of you who are listening or watching this today. And um, man, I, I love you and I really appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Josh. It's It's been an honor, a pleasure really to get to discuss this with you. I'm looking forward to hearing what else comes out on the podcast. So I appreciate awesome. it. All right. Well, you guys, thanks again for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you or uh, at least you hearing us next time we're together. God bless you. Bye.